Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. Blake doing the damn thing. WWA. Sup, y'all? I'm a little upset right now. I'm just going to keep it real with you. It's a lot of other things going on in my uh, personal life that's not going to impact me doing the podcast, though. You know, we here for this. It's like we was here for Raw last night. I don't know how many people complained about it. I didn't hear too, too much about it, but there were a lot of commercials. And I usually don't complain about commercials like that, but there were a lot. Pretty sure for various different reasons and such like that, but... That didn't take away from the flow of the show. The three hours definitely just went right by. Everybody got their, uh, everybody got a good look on TV that was on television. So with that, let's get on into the first match. I think it was uh, the Miz having the Miz TV segment with the big dog, Roman Reigns. So he comes, calls him out. They have their little quick chat. And uh, it was... um, you know, Miz started showing a little bit of his old ways, saying they could do the little you know, buddy movie, the buddy cop movie, some something like that. And, you know, Roman was talking about, you reminded me of old Miz, maybe want to punch him in the face. We need to talk to that Miz that was, uh, you know, beating up on Shane and doing all, had the balls to stand up to the McMahon family and all the rest of this and that. And, you know, a, you know, beautiful crowd control from Miz earning the respect and such like that. He was talking his talk about, you know, Shane McMahon and, I, listen, talk about the best in the world. The best in the world gonna pull up on you. So, in no time flat, we had Shane's music hit. He comes on out, he talks some talk to him, and out of nowhere comes Bobby Lashley and Elias. So, let's just call it Elias was the first one on the wild card. I don't think he really counts though. Mr. McMahon said Elias doesn't count as far as wild card rule goes. He's just a drifter. So, we're not, I wanna count it, but I'm not going to now that I'm actually thinking about it. So, Great rolling spear and an attack from uh, Elias on Miz and Roman. And this led into a tag team match. Cool tag match ending DQ because Shano uh, jumped in and interfered. So they his, his guys had to pick up the loss there. And Shano did pick up the win in a way. With, you know, this is all a go home with, uh, you know, the matchups that Shane is going to have. Well, the matchup that Shane has in Steel Cage this Sunday at Money in the Bank. Stream live on the WWE Network. Really can't wait for that one. It's going to be uh, pretty awesome to see these guys in the cage go at it. Like, is Shane going to jump? I know I've been talking about it for a little while. What's Shane going to jump off of? How is Miz going to show us this time around and he's no coward? You know, we know he's not a coward. I definitely will advocate for that. Mike Mizanin is definitely nowhere near a coward. He's actually shown us so much more of who he is since he's become a father and since he's really gotten in there with Daniel Bryan. So, you know, that's what it is. But that was that segment. Good stuff going into uh, the matchup on Sunday. Let's look at it, though. If Roman and Miz were looking... Where they were standing tall. Shano got out of there looking swift. But if Roman and Shane, I mean, Roman and Miz were standing tall, that might give a chance to Shane winning. But we might 50-50 that out just to be fair because, you know, Shane did pick up that big win at WrestleMania with their false count anywhere match. So we'll see how it all plays out. Okay, so the official wild card rule, I guess the first one, was Apollo. I mean, Apollo Crews came out, uh, took on Mojo Rawley, who has been... Uh, practicing the full television debut of his, you know, new character, his newfound shattered glass, 
you know, angry, you know, non-complacent, you know, new self. Hey, I like it. I like Mojo being that, you know, hyperactive, all of that. He was, you know, we still want to see a little bit of the in-ring technique grow. I think he can definitely do it. I think he has a lot of, uh, a lot of talent. Something in there, you know, it's a spark that definitely can be molded and shaped into something very, very cool. So, had a quick match with Apollo. Apollo didn't, I don't think he, uh, looked, he didn't look too weak there. You know, it was a little crazy to see it happen like that. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was good stuff. The punch was crazy, which is, you know, one of Mojo's things, you know, and, um, you know, Apollo, hey, you come on over the Raw, back to the land of the Giants, this is what you run into. So keep it the SmackDown, but that's inside the storyline. Outside the storyline, it's a nice way to, well, in my opinion, a very classy way to continue having the wild card rule be a thing without it being too overbearing for everybody in the WWE universe to try to, well, at least all the critics, to try to complain about in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So... Uh, Mojo picks up the victory. Go look for Mojo. We'll see if he gets some uh, storyline in the coming weeks. Maybe he'll get another squash match. Maybe get some local competition next week. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. He seems like he's definitely been practicing his wording in the mirror. So I like it. Yeah, and um, we'll just we'll just continue to see how it all plays out. All right, the man Becky two belts. Then we got uh, Charlotte Flair, Charvizard. And the sassy Southern Belle, Lacey Evans. Double contract signing. I think that was a first ever. Very good stuff in the ring. Uh, everyone had excellent talk time. Some of the talking points were so cool that I would rather you go and watch them yourselves instead of hearing me ramble and butcher those. Like, it's just not, uh, I can't do it the proper justice. But uh, everybody killed it, all three members. And, uh... You know, it's cool little touch. Oh, good little, some small moments that I like. And I would very, I'd be very upset if I were to uh, not bring them up. But uh, Lacey came out, had a hand out to one of the guy, one of the kids in the crowd. Like she wanted him to kiss her hand. And then she moved her hand out of the way. Just awesome healness. Charlotte does, does the same thing or something like that when she came out. And uh, it was, you know, comical, and like I said, in its own rights and respects for them to troll the people and move out of the way. And, uh, you know, Becky was the hero, received the heroes, welcome out there, UK tour style, very fun stuff. And, um, yeah, like I said, it was just the small touches. They, uh, you know, turned into a brawl at the very end. They even led into it a certain way. Like, I can't remember exactly how it was said, but... uh. Lacey must be new around because she was the only person that was, you know, dressed for the occasion, but at the same time, not necessarily dressed for the scrap that was uh, going to soon ensue. Um, either way, good stuff. Once they did actually start fighting, you got to see Charlotte and Lacey both hold up the championships at the end, you know, blonde bombshells doing a thing. And uh, Charlotte steps on Becky. Small things. Again, just the, I don't think that these things were written in. So the fact that they actually do take place, the, this is just the skill and the experience that the WWE superstars uh, show. Kevin Owens is good at doing stuff like that. They just add just a little bit of extra sauce to 
the concoction that is the segment. And Charlotte stepping on Becky was, you know, a good way just to just to just to throw a little hot sauce on their rivalry and say, yeah, there's 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 definitely a a, a, a just just still stuff there with those two. And we're gonna see how that all plays out. Like Charlotte has, excuse me, Becky's had Charlotte's number a lot. So we're gonna find out how it works when Becky pulls double duty this Sunday. I have money in the bank stream live on the WWE network. All right, now WWE's favorite son. No, no, not the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Let's talking about Baron Corbin. Self-proclaimed, let's call him that, the self-proclaimed favorite son. Uh, he went in against Ricochet. Now, Ricochet is no slouch in the ring. He's great from so many different angles as an aerialist. He went in there against Baron Corbin, went for that 630, almost hit it. Didn't quite land it. Landed on his feet, though. Baron Corbin was able. This was probably, I would say, probably the move of the night for me. He went for a, uh, well, he landed in ending days after, uh, you know, they did a lot of those little tilt-a-whirl type deals. But it was very, very good stuff. The way that Baron Corbin landed in this, into that end of days, it made him look great and made Ricochet, in my opinion, look awesome because it's about how you take a move also. So shouts to Ricochet. We know we're going in the Money in the Bank on Sunday. Eight man is going to be crazy. It's going to be something else. going to be a lot of ladders. And, uh, you know, with Braun Strowman lurking somewhere around within that match, you know, which we'll get into in a minute, anything could take place. But right now, Baron Corbin is looking, well, he made himself look very strong going into that match on Sunday. So, uh, let's see how that plays out. Shouts to Corbin, though, picking up the victories. I would say in the past 10 matches, man, I almost want to call it seven and three. You know, I almost want to say that. Like, Baron Corbin, is, he's been on a good stint of victories recently. And even though he might have a little bit of that go-away heat, and yes, I'll say it. At first, I was saying it's just good heel heat. The people dislike him. But just seeing how certain things have been playing out, I wouldn't say take him all the way off TV, but uh, it was, all right, outside of storyline, when we came back from commercial, Baron Corbin was in the ring, the music was already playing. That was a good way to keep people on the television as instead of just turning away, you know, like maybe they hear his music and would turn away. I don't really know how ratings work with the Nielsen scans and all the rest of that stuff. But as I continue to grow and delve deeper into seeing how, you know, the demographics play out with WWE and the rest of this stuff, I'm I'm definitely I like to I really I just find it intriguing, you know, so it's good stuff to see that WWE is actually trying to cater to the ratings and cater to the audience. We're not going to sit here and talk about soft resets and all the rest of that stuff. We're speaking on how the product is constantly growing and progressing week by week. Oh, it's the same formulae, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Watch the show. Don't sit here and try to complain about it. Look for what you can see that's different and then provide the positive feedback. Don't sit here and say, oh, no, nothing's changing because that's actually going to incentivize WWE to keep things going the same way. In my opinion, well, not even an opinion at this point, but they're going for a reaction. If you're not giving a good reaction, you're still giving a bad reaction. So if you want things to change, 
try to acknowledge some things you see changing and then give a, some good feedback. You, Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but just constantly being negative all the time is just going to get funneled into, hey, you're just giving feedback anyway so we can continue doing exactly what we're doing because you're going to feedback. Let's just be mindful and wise about how we go about trying to make our World Wrestling Entertainment product that much better. Oh, man. But now we're here to talk about the Women's Fatal 4-Way match with the uh, raw half of the women that are going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match this Sunday at Money in the Bank Stream Live on the WWE Network. We had Natalia, we had Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and... Dana Brooke, that's right. My slowly creeping up to one of my favorite spots on Raw, you know, and it's so funny because Dana Brooke was with Charizard in the earliest going, so you know, there's a true affection there. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Alexa Bliss didn't, well, she had luggage issues, so she couldn't necessarily be in the match because she didn't have any ring gear. She did end up on commentary, which was dope, but I mean, there are plenty of sports entertainers throughout the years that have you know, gotten in the ring with their regular clothes on and still got it scrapping. I believe one of the most recent was, not Baron Corbin, excuse me, The Miz. I think I've seen The Miz do that. And come on, Baron Corbin is in his, uh, he's in his Outback Steakhouse gear. So it's like, come on, man, there's no reason why. But at the same time, she is the goddess. She cashed in faster. She's like first ever Royal Smackdown Women's Champion. You know, so put some respect on it. You know, like, if she didn't want to go out there and the McMahon's okay, then okay. And plus, she found a suitable replacement for her being Nikki Cross. And yes, I am so happy that Nikki Cross is showcased on Raw, on WWE television, of course. But I'm not, I don't really get the chance to catch main event like that, like that. I get to see things, you know, here and there, hearing on social, reading things, seeing stuff like that. You know, uh, not Sam Roberts. Had his uh, words for Dana Brooke. And since then, she stepped up a thousandfold. Bianca Belair, same thing. So not Sam. Pay attention. I'm not going to say your words are inspiring or pissing them off. I'm just saying that you, you might want to look at the potential more so. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm just saying that these people have potential and maybe you're helping pull it out. That's what's up. And hey, but... We already knew it was there the whole time, so, I mean, if you want to be harsh on them, then, you know, just be mindful that there would be some sort of backlash from them. They're going to show you that you're wrong, and that's just looking from, you know, from the WWE's universe's standpoint, like, we see uh, what you're saying about them, and then we see how they're performing after the fact, which, you know... I, I mean, I'm only one person, so it's just my opinion, but everyone else might might actually be on the same side. You know, you go check the Twitter polls and forums and such like that, but whatever. Anyway, Nikki Cruz showcased on Raw. Good to see her. When she was back there talking with Bliss, she seemed a lot calmer. I don't know if she picked up a win or loss on main event, but what I did see from Nikki Cruz was a lot more of a, a easier speaking you know, superstar, like, it was, she was coming across very clearly, she didn't seem crazy, we respect the crazy, I respect that in her entrance and in her ring style, but backstage with her being, you know, not as crazy, and, you know, Nikki wanna play, Nikki wanna play, like, nah, she seemed a little more serious, it was good stuff, 
it was good stuff. Make us want to listen to her a little more often. But, uh, yeah, so she replaced Alexa Bliss. Dana Brooke came out there, had the greatest moments of the night. Shouts to Trin. Tried to go for the double split leg moonsault. Uh, Dana Brooke was able to get out of the way. Also, another big spot where Dana Brooke jumped off of the ladder, did a huge cross body. This is her time. It's her opportunity, I believe, with Dana Brooke. So, come on. Y'all see her. She right there at the front of the line. And though it is unfortunate, at the same exact time, it, it's it's what it is. I don't know what's going on with Sasha. We don't know. We, maybe she's, you know, I'm pretty sure she's still listening to the podcast. Shouts to you, Sasha. But it's very clear that Dana Brooke has taken the place that you would have been in, Sasha. So, God damn it. You know, like, I wanted to see a frenemies angle with Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. Looks like we're going to get a little bit of that frenemies angle from Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross now. You see how the opportunities are just all over the place. Uh, I, I liked seeing... Alexa Bliss climb up to the top of the ladder. Last year, I think we saw Nikki Cross out in Liverpool or at the O2 Arena. I say it like that. I think she made like a quick day. It wasn't like the debut debut, but it was like, you know, she's out here and here goes the crowd and see how everybody feels. So I think it was around that same energy last night. It was good to see her. And I think now we're going to actually have her showcased more. So Good moments, good matchup, good spot. Nikki Cross picked up the win in that fatal four-way match. And Alexa Bliss was able to climb to the top of the ladder and, you know, grab the briefcase. So could this be a sign of things that come on Sunday? Who knows? I know personally, I'm pulling for Bailey. I would like to see Bailey as Miss Women's Money in the Bank. She's actually been one of the only superstars. I would I would say in a while, maybe three superstars, but Bailey's the one that comes to mind as soon as I start thinking about somebody that actually switched their offense. Another superstar, LOL, get it. It would be, uh, it, it's actually maybe coincidental, maybe a little ironic, but Matt Hardy, when he was uh, teaming up with Bray, who we will get into in a second, but, uh, but when he was teaming up with Bray Wyatt and the, the leaders of worlds, when Matt Hardy showed us his broken character, his offense actually changed. Yep. So it'd be Bailey, Matt Hardy, and Finn Balor. I seen Finn be a little more aggressive with the face paint on, the demon Finn. So Bailey is a lot more aggressive. She's just the most recent one to actually turn that switch on next to Mojo. But, you know, women's division, male division, they're all superstars. But we all know we love the ladies. So... I want to see Bailey win personally. I would like to see Sonya Deville. Well, I mean Mandy, DeVoe, Mandy Rose being in, you know, maybe get it. Anybody, any one of them women that win it could totally make, you know, things that much more compelling. We didn't get to see much TV time with the girls last week. What was it? Around six and a half minutes, almost seven minutes, six thirty-five, somewhere in that number. But I'm not mad. Because this week, we got to see a lot of the ladies, and they were all on top of their game. So tonight for SmackDown, I'm hyped to see what they're going to do with the other four women, being Mandy Rose, Bailey, Ember Moon, and who? Bailey, Bailey Ember, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, and there's a fourth person in that match on the SmackDown roster. Who that? Carmella? Yeah, so it's going to be... Uh, it, it, huh. Man, we know the SmackDown Women's Division right now is jacked. So we gonna see how how good they got, just how much they gonna bring it since there's like TV time and such like that. I'm just proud of the ladies. You know, they they they've come a long way, and 
I don't think that WWE or Mr. McMahon is souring on them at all. I think, you know, it's just give it a, give it a small rest. It might be a small overload with the crowd. You don't want to overstay too much of the welcome with diminishing returns and such like that. We hadn't seen Charlotte for a little while. We're finally seeing Charlotte a little more so, you know, but whatever. Either way, Nikki Cross picked up the victory. I know I could sit here and talk about the women's division all day, but we can't do it in the interest of time, so let's get on into the next segment. All right, last week, uh, we remember Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, was talking to Samoa Joe. You know, Samoa Joe telling him, yeah, I'm ready to fight him at uh, Money in the Bank for the U.S. Championship. It's going to be all good. It's going to be a great matchup. I'm glad to see that those two are actually going to be able to really have their real match on a pay-per-view. And it's a good one. I like Money in the Bank. It's a good, like, you know, it was. It sucked to have Ray injured at uh, Mania like that. It was good to have them have their matchup, you know, like their real match. But now they're going to have it on the pay-per-view. It's going to be an awesome one. Bring up Smoke Joe because uh, Cesaro comes in uh, to the locker room to bother Ray and talk about how maybe the kid isn't his. It was a shout-out to the old storyline of, you know, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio all those years ago about who's, who's, the, who's what, who's the daddy and all the rest of this. And the small running joke on the internet is that Dominic looks a lot more like Samoa Joe than Rey Mysterio. But how do you know Rey Mysterio is running around with a mask on in storyline? That's supposed to be funny. I hope you chuckled about it. But, um, yeah, body-wise and build-wise, yeah, Dominic does look, he does, he is similar to Samoa Joe. But either way, it was a good way the crowd in Liverpool was on fire. They loved every bit of it. They were with the story. Oh, oh my goodness. He didn't bring that up. No, he didn't. And this he did. You know, stuff like that. So it was good. But this all leads into a match between Rey Mysterio and Cesaro. I am glad to see Cesaro back on television. Y'all could go back and my game tapes went on right here on the Anchor app. I was talking about Cesaro being one of my picks. It was Cesaro and Ricochet. I had both of them going into Money in the Bank. Now, I'm not mad that Cesaro's not in it. You know, I just... I'm, you know, I'm glad to see him back on TV. Maybe he continue working his way up and, you know, reach for the brass ring and all of that stuff that Mr. McMahon wants to see. You know, I can see what Mr. McMahon was talking about with certain aspects of, you know, just, I don't want to say he has no microphone skills because he does. He's pretty funny. It's just really putting it all together. And I think that's something that we all can, you know, use for ourselves and just growing and such like that. So Cesaro is definitely a one with all of the tools it's just being able to mesh it all together and become something in that match though cesaro was beating ray up it was crazy he was throwing him and tossing him and swinging him around on the barricades it was something else almost seen the swiss 19 didn't get to quite see it that's okay but we did get to see the 619 it was a really cool match awesome would we call it a superplex on the top rope one of those deadlift superplexes from the second rope, really. And with one hand, that is another move of the night. Uh, so we're tied up. I'm going to make that an official tie. With Baron Corbin and Ricochet with the way they did that in the day spot. And then Cesaro picking up Rey Mysterio from the ring apron all the way to the set. Well, from to the second rope, having him up for that vertical suplex. And then landing the vertical suplex with one arm. Go back and see the highlight if you didn't see it. It was some really, really good stuff. Uh, Rey Mysterio picks up the victory at the 619 into the frog splash. So, 
good for him, good on him, and we're going to see exactly how uh, he fares against uh, Samoa Joe, the Samoa submission machine, the specialist, this Sunday at Money in the Bank streaming live on the WWE Network. Right, so now we're into the Firefly Funhouse. Bray Wyatt's segment has been coming along these past couple of weeks. It's been looking very thought, very well thought out. And, uh, you know, he apparently had something to share with everyone. So he, uh, his secret was that he's a demented uh, fighter and such like that. Give me one second. So he's, uh, you know, he gets, uh, well, he's there in, fi- in the fun house and, you know, he's talking to Mercy the Buzzer and the Rambler Rabbit is alive and well. Thankfully, I guess he's a little beat up, worse for wear. Abby the Witch was on deck. Everybody was around. And uh, Bray goes into another room in the fun house, apparently, and transforms into this masked being with striped pants and jacket and, you know... Uh, Everyone was talking about how it was going to translate to the ring. We've all seen it at this point. I'm not mad at it. I think it was, you know, some good stuff. Um, we're looking at how, again, how it translates to the in-ring. Maybe Bray is going to be that much more aggressive. He's already been aggressive. We know his in-ring offense. We're going to see if there have been any changes made uh, since his absence. But all in all, I think it was uh, some crazy shit. You know, it was wild. You know, it's it crazy. So I think the people are enjoying it. Everything I've heard so far, it's been a very good reception. The people are liking what they're seeing. I think the small things that everybody wants to find out now about it, maybe just like the um, theme song and uh, how his entrance is going to be. What's his finishing maneuver going to be? Is it all the same? Is he going to switch it up? What's it going to What's going to turn into? You know. Uh, uh, it's uh, it remains to be seen, but I definitely will say that uh, Bray Wyatt is totally one of the high points of Raw right now for a lot of people. So, good stuff, fun segment. I think we're getting into the main event next. Let's find out. Oh yes, main event. Now before we get into this with Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman, the matchup was technically supposed to be Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre, and the main event two big dudes slugging it out and heavyweight style and i think we've seen it i wasn't i wasn't too crazy about it when i seen that was what the main event was going to be but at the same exact time well you know what before we get to that i again i wasn't too crazy about it when i saw it well it's uh like braun is still trying to work his way back up in some senses you know you don't want to say oh backstage doesn't like him or anything like that it's just he hasn't really been you know, slotted too, too much, excuse me, as that monster amongst men. He still has been, but, you know, Sami Zayn in the dumpster, you know, the the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale was in from him. You know, he's still been scripted as a monster, but going up against Drew McIntyre, somebody who's definitely right now in that space. And everyone sees Drew McIntyre as the credible threat on the Raw roster. You know, like, it's, uh, I was like, dang, man, I don't know if we want to see Braun lose. But at the same time, right now, I don't know if Drew could take that loss either. You know, especially heading into Money in the Bank. We don't want anybody to really look weak going in. We'll get into another part about Braun's shoulder, Braun's uh, arm being a little bandaged up. Well, we'll get into that after the matchup. The way this all set off was uh, 
Sami Zayn being mad at Shane. Well, not being mad at Shane, but being mad backstage with Shane. Because of what took place last week, Shane was going to replace Sami Zayn. I mean, replace Braun Strowman with Sami Zayn in the match. And uh, turns out that it you know turns into a literal match. Sami Zayn had no problem going against them. Wanted to put it up, put you know, put the money in the bank slot on the line, and they were gonna have their matchup. So when the match took place, it was false count anywhere. A lot of stuff going on. Shouts to Shane really being like the authority figure. I think we'll get into that also before we end the podcast today. But uh, Shane being an authority figure right now on WWE TV. It's just my opinion. I like it. He's the boss's son, goddammit. He can do what he wants. He's the best in the world. There's no reason why he wouldn't be on both brands. Hey, he's Shane O'Mac. You know, like, come on. He he is the money. Here comes the money. Like, let him do his thing. Oh, some people are upset because they're seeing too much Shane-O. You know, I said it also a long time ago. I said maybe we are seeing too much Shane on TV. But you know why I was saying that? Because he was a face. I've been saying I came up on Shane as a bad guy. I learned to love Shane as a bad guy. But then it was just, of course, we all know seeing Shane fall off of high things, jump off of high things, land moves off of high things, do those flips, all that stuff. And I could go on and on with it. But I'm not sour on Shane on TV like this right now. Having the beefs the way you're having them, like, I think it evens out. What, would you rather another WWE superstar on the men's roster have uh, beefs on both shows? Right now, the man Becky Lynch in the women's division has two rivalries on two shows. Why can't the boss's son do that? Why can't the boss's son show everybody backstage, hey, if I'm out here doing this and putting my life, my body on the line and taking all these bumps and wrists and stuff like that, there's no reason why y'all shouldn't either. And, you know, just your quote authority figure abusing the power. And that's not to quote things in the wrong way. It's just, you know, in storyline and there haven't been any said GMs or anything like that since uh, December's soft reset. But it's... Uh, it's all right. Like, I, I don't, I'm not mad at Shane on TV right now. I think it's it's good stuff to, you know, oh, other opportunities for other superstars. Man, look, I think that these guys are going to have to step up in in the, in the backstage's eyes, in Gorilla's eyes. I, in my eyes, I like, every, I don't want to say I like everybody. Like, oh, I'm just going to go with whatever it is put on TV. But at the same exact time, from an athletic standpoint, I can appreciate all the stuff the superstars bring for us. So, Whoever's out there and whoever's not out there is for a reason. Either way, uh, Shane sanctions the match. Fools count anywhere. No disqualification, pretty much. This match is crazy. They start fighting everywhere. Braun and Sammy, you know, they're going at it. Uh, Braun has the upper hand for the most part. They fight up into the concession stand, up in the concourse and such like that. And uh, this brings... Baron Corbin out of nowhere to attack from behind. So Baron Corbin, uh, you know, you know, they're jumping Braun Strowman. They're trying to get some wins, beating him up with the garbage cans. That was actually pretty funny, you know, because garbage cans aren't as hard as steel chairs, but they definitely uh, they definitely are hits. So it was good stuff to see uh, Baron getting some licks in on, uh, you know, the monster among men like that. And, um, you know, they tried to team up on Sammy then. I mean, excuse me, Sam, him and Sammy tried to team up on Braun. Worked for a little while. Fight back down outside into the main, uh, you know, the main arena. The Coliseum or whatever. And uh, 
after some more fights, this brings out Drew McIntyre. Apparently, they do not want Braun Strowman to be in this match. They're all trying to help Sami Zayn pick up the victory to make it that much easier. We know Braun won last year, so, you know, technically he would be the biggest threat going into it this year. No questions asked. It all went, it all went down, it all took place, and they all uh, were able to get Braun Strowman down for the three count. This was after a double suplex onto one of the longer ladders, and the ladder literally bit, but then snapped back into place, but you could still see the bend. And then it was a claymore outside, up on the Titan Tron, or up on the main stage, and that was how they were able to get Sammy over to pick up that victory and push it down on Braun. Braun looks like his arm is injured. I will look into it. I'm pretty sure we'll all find out how, uh, like, what's going on and why he couldn't uh, get into the Money in the Bank match or whatever, but it's a good look for Sammy to, Sammy to be back in there too. Sammy was just in the WWE Championship match. Now he's going to be in Money in the Bank. So I guess this positions him as a potential top competitor in WWE right now, championship caliber superstar. We all know Sammy Zayn is great. We all know he's really good at what he does. My first Sammy Zayn match was against Shinsuke Nakamura. I know there's a El Generico and all the rest of that, ro you know, lurking around and roaming around in there, but. Either way, I enjoyed uh, the match. I'm I'm glad that he's in Money in the Bank now. I really don't want Braun to, you know, turn into like some new version of the Big Show. But we'll just have to continue to let things play out the way they play out. I think Braun is still, you know, the monster among men. I think he's very strong. I think he's very scary for people. You know, I think he's a uh, he can be a dominant player. So in time, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to see him. Uh, get some of those strong points back because with that one last night him not being in money in the bank It's like ah oh, man now what man? So it, it is what it is. It, it's all right. Not too mad about it. Sami Zayn is in money in the bank. That's cool with me um, And that was that was Monday Night Raw in a nutshell Like I said, there's a lot of episodes I'm not a lot of episodes, probably a lot of commercials for my liking this time around But I'm not gonna complain. It was still a fun show. The show flew by I can't wait for SmackDown Live tonight. I really can't wait for Money in the Bank this Sunday streaming live on the WWE Network. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please ensure that you share it out to all your other all your, uh, forums and such like that. Let it be known that there's somebody attempting to advocate for WWE and make this program that much more interesting or at least entertaining for us all. So this is Blake. Shout out to everybody brings you the podcast each and every week. I will catch you guys tomorrow for the SmackDown Live recap and review. So until then, one love.